Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today we'll be covering the seventh episode from season three titled Chapter Seven, The Bite. I can't believe we're here. This is the penultimate episode. Yeah, one more episode left after this. This has definitely got all the rush going, ready to rock and roll. We get a Back to the Future little bit of tidbits in here. Ah, where we're going, we don't need roads. (laughs) (laughs) I know, so good. Lots of great things happening. Um, Lots of excitement, a lot of action and I'm really excited to start talking about it um, because the sooner that we talk about it, the sooner I can go watch the finale. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start off with your number five. All right. So my number five, it's simply just the fun fair. So we Yay. get opened up to this. We get to see all this excitement. Um, I just went to a fair this past week. So I got that nice. whole like gist of, you know, corn dogs and bad food and rigged games. Mm-hmm. But as I'm watching this, I was kind of sad that the kids didn't actually get to enjoy this. Yeah. So, you know, when we first saw that the season was starting, we knew it was going to be around July 4th. And I was kind of hoping that it took place more so in here and, we got, and the kids got to, like, kind of be there and then the stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Cause these, these kids have been through a lot. And, like, a fair is a fun event for people. And yeah, um, as I was watching, I was a little upset that they didn't really get a chance to enjoy that. Uh, I like the kind of tidbits with uh, Ted and um, Joyce. Or not. Uh, um, Ted and Karen, Mrs. Wheeler. Um, She's kind of got a little bit more of a reserved look, I think, now. She's not as kind of (laughs) flaunting. Um, It was just kind of cute to see them together, uh, especially whenever there was the scene where they see Joyce and uh, Hopper running off. Yeah. And it's like, they make kind of an odd couple. And uh, Ted says something like, you know, there's, I guess it's true what they say, there's somebody out there for everyone. Yeah. He kind of puts his hand on her shoulder because they're kind of an odd couple too. They are an odd couple. Uh, I like that she kind of slipped him some money to get to the top of the Ferris wheel to watch the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to see some trees moving. So this was really kind of setting the scene for what this episode would be about. But uh, I just kind of really, like I said, the fair was just kind of cool to see. We finally get to see it in all its glory. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the fair when you got to see it? I was super excited. I know I mentioned last week that, you know, we just got a little um, kind of a teaser for the fair to come. And it it really made me nostalgic for the summer fair uh, in my local town whenever I was growing up. So seeing it in the dark, you know, full lights, you know, you got all the carnival lights and you can hear that. I swear I could I don't know if if they were in the in the shot. Um, overhead when they were coming in, but I could swear I heard the beeping of the cars, you know, the little cars that go oh. around in a circle that you sit in as a kid. You, you think you're driving it, but you're not. Yeah. Um, but I swear I could hear that beeping and you hear kids laughing and people talking and the, the lights from the rides. And it, it really brought me all, you know, back. And um, so that was a great feeling as well. And I, I thought it was interesting you know, the scene with, with Karen and Ted and little Holly, um, at the Ferris wheel. And you can really tell Karen's making this effort to, you know, make some memories for Holly. Um, you know, we, we saw 
early on, what was it in the very first season when, you know, she almost had her little interlude with Billy when she was kind of, you know, struggling with that decision. And then she, you know, of course changed her mind and stayed home and looks like she's just like, okay, you know, family first. Um, I'm still not sure how she's loving Ted or anything, but you know, (laughs) Hey, she's got Holly to think about. So maybe that's what put her back on focus was Holly, not really Ted. Cause she still seems to kind of give him a rolling of the eyes, like whatever Ted, you know, but it's, do you think the season is, is suffering a little due to lack of Ted? What are we thinking? We haven't really seen. Uh, We, yeah, we've only gotten like this, a little bit of the episode. And then, uh, we saw him sleeping with, uh, on the couch with his daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. All snuggled up. So, yeah, we haven't really... I mean, it's kind of like where you almost forget about fucking Ted. I know. You know you're kind of like, well, yeah, that, he's kind of an odd dude. He's kind of like way outshot his coverage, but, you know, he, he's an okay guy. Like, if this is all you knew about Ted, you'd be like, he's an okay guy, I guess. He's an okay guy. He he gives you a house in the cul-de-sac and he makes six figures. Yeah. Um, he was mowing grass, so he, he's he got the dad duty thing down, <laughs> you know, mowing grass and then in the rain and running with the lawnmower and stuff. That's... um. But yeah, I really liked all that. And I thought it was super cool that she went the extra mile and, you know, had him, you know, kind of stuck there at the top to give a great view of the fireworks. So it, it looked interesting. I'm not I'm not a fan of the Ferris wheel, though. I, I've got a uh, phobia. Yeah, yeah, I don't I'm not. But I thought it was super fun, um, you know, for Holly. If she enjoys it, then, of course, you know, hey, I ride roller coasters for my kid. I I, you know, I have extreme uh, motion sensitivity and um you know, I, I just get so I can't I just can't do it anymore. I could as a kid. I don't know what it is about being a grown up that makes you so uncool. I don't want to be uncool. I want to <laughs> ride the roller coaster, uh, but my body ain't letting me. But I rode the roller coasters because my kid looks at me. I don't care how old she is. Looks at me with those big eyes like, mommy, please, let's go ride the roller coaster. <laughs> and guess what? I go ride, ride the roller coaster and I suffer all day. Um, yeah, so, and that's what Ted did. Like you could tell Ted was not yeah. a fan of those things, but he definitely jumped into them. Say what you want about fucking Ted. But he 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 sacrificed to make a nice little evening for Holly, despite the fact that, um, you know, she was more focused on the trees. Oh, and that reminds me because it's in my notes. When Holly starts looking at the trees, it, did you think she was one of the flayed there for like a minute? I was thinking that, yeah, because I it kind of seemed fitting that she would be or so, like in that scene, somebody would be freaking out at the top of the, the uh, Ferris wheel. So yeah, I definitely thought she was one of them. I, I mean, she just got that really weird look in her eye, kind of like the other folks when you when you see them earlier in the day when they're at the fair and they're all just kind of going about their business, but all of a sudden it's like they hear the call and they get that weird look in their eye and then they start, you know, they just kind of drop whatever it is that they're doing and walk away and seem like Holly there for just a few seconds got that look and I was like, oh shit, did they get Holly? Yeah, it made me nervous. Sweet little Holly. Like she's so, had the most screen time this season, and that's what they're going to do to her. I know. They're going to flay the poor girl. Anyway, yeah, it's a really good setup. Glad we got some really good fair action. Maybe we're done with it at this point. That's okay. We got, we've got we got business uh, happening at the mall, so we got to move on to that. But it was super fun to get a little action at the fair. Made me happy. That's a good number five. Anything else you want to say about that? No, that should tidy him out in number five. So what do you have? Well... My number five kind of ties into yours. I'm going to go into a little bit more of a specific happening at the fair. And that's our poor, sweet Alexi. Uh, this is my number Smirnoff. four. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can talk about it then. We'll just combine them if you want. But, uh, I mean, what a bummer. I uh, 
poor sweet innocent. I, I, I don't know if I can say innocent. I don't know. Was he really innocent? I don't know. I, I guess that's debatable. You can kind of see both sides of it. But you know, he he was he he won in this episode. He lost in this episode, and. I was so sad, you know, just seeing how excited he was, like, when he hears that those games are rigged, you can just see this light in his eye, like, hmm, I bet I can Mm -hmm. beat these games. You know, I mean, he's super smart, right? He's, you know, this super smart, I don't know what his technical, you know, um, like, title or what his role was, but he's a really smart guy, some type of engineer, you know, and he's building these things, and he's really smart. Um, so he's like, I'm going to figure that shit out, you know? And so he's determined. He's so happy. When's that big old Woody Woodpecker? Yeah. I love that cartoon, by the way, as a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, it's good. Who did not love Woody Woodpecker when you are a little? Murray <laughs> doing the voice. Like, yeah, and like Murray and him were like having this like bro moment. I know. They they were bonding, had a moment. Uh, and he was, was talking to him in the car like, you know, so if I do all this, like I could become an American citizen and enjoy the fun. And Murray's like, oh, man, you don't have to be an American citizen to enjoy the fun. Let's go do this. I know. Rigged games, terrible food. He sees him coming back, and then that freaking assassin walks up Jeez. and just one shot that? to the gut. And and uses Woody Woodpecker at the same time. Yeah. Shot him right in, in the stuffed animal and, and right to Alexi's gut. That was heart-wrenching. Poor Alexi. He was, he was never, like I said, he won, but he lost, and he was never really going to win. It, like the games that were rigged. This is rigged too. I mean, because it's so sad. There was no way that anyone in this episode, Murray, Hopper, any of them, had any type of clout whatsoever that would help grant him his citizenship. You know, and Murray didn't even pretend to. Murray was just like, you know, um, oh, it's okay. You know, you don't have to have, you don't have to be an American to have fun. You know, we can, you know, so he didn't even pretend. Um, and he never got his corn dog. There he is standing there with two corn dogs, and Alexi never got one. It's such a short-lived little moment that he that he got, and he was so happy. And I mean, I think the minute that you knew when you saw him holding that Woody Woodpecker with that big grin on his face, and it, all of a sudden it kind of went in slow motion, you just knew he was a goner. And I was really sad. That made me really sad. Why? Why? Why poor Alexi? I want that damn Russian Terminator gone. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, we get to see him get shot, but of course he's got a bulletproof <sighs> vest on, which... To me, that made Max. It's like Hopper should know. You go for the kill shot, right? Double Two to the tap, body, one to the head. We've talked about this before. Has he not ever watched John Wick? Double Apparently tap not. and a shot to the head. Always double tap, uh, shot to the head. But but yeah, we see poor Alexi. You know, he's. And what I love too about this whole scene is it was it was probably not as emotional as it should have been. I think there should have been more emotion tied to it. Yeah. But but the line that got me was when Hop jumps in the car. And they're driving away. He doesn't say, where's Smirnoff? Mm-hmm. He says, where's Alexi? Yeah. And so it was just kind of like like he knew what to call him, and he was doing it not really to be a jerk, but just kind of his way to probably maybe intimidate a little bit. But they just showed that bond that they had, you know, they basically had trust with each other. Yeah, they were all becoming a little group together, bonding, uh, you know, at Murray's, I don't know, what's his little hideout, his house, whatever. Um, and then in the car, um, it was sad. Yeah, so that's the first one we lost so far is him. I'm I, I'm curious if it's going to be more coming down the pipeline, but I don't yeah, know. my number four is Alexi, too. And I don't, you know, you, you could say that, like, was it dumb for Murray to take him out of the car and go in there? But I don't think he had an idea probably how dangerous it was. 
I think he knows, like, in his conspiracy theory way, but you're in a public place. Like, it seems to me that you would probably think that that was something not to be as worried about. Well, and I don't know that they really suspected that the, you know, all the Russians would be there, right? I mean, because that's, I mean, why would they take him if they thought there was danger there, right? It's true. I mean, yeah, he told him to stay in the car, but I think it was just so, you know, you don't get lost in the crowd. You yeah, know? so we don't have to look for you when we finally so, figure out what we need to do. Yeah, there's no cell phones or anything, man. We can't text you, you know. That, those are back in the days, like I said, and, you know, when I was at the fair and, you know, my mom would be like off somewhere, you know, talking to her friends or doing her thing or looking at things and I'm off riding rides and catching up with my friends. And then you're like, oh, yep. shit, now I got to go, <laughs> got to go yeah. find her somewhere. <laughs> The only person with a phone is the mayor with the Zach Morris phone. Oh my gosh, was that hilarious? And that wasn't even a Zach Morris phone. That was a a car phone. Like that was a yes, big boxed phone. I know. You think he carried that thing in and out of his house all the time? Oh, I guarantee <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh my god, that thing was bigger than his head. Um, well, that's that's all I've got for my number five. And you said that was your number four. Do you have anything else you want to add to your number four? No, it's. I was kind of hoping. I, I guess the way I liked it too is it. It wasn't like a quick. Like I think it was very well done in the sense that he was shot, but it wasn't a exaggerated death scene or anything like that. It mm-hmm. seemed like a very realistic scene. Murray's reaction to it, where he's like, "Oh, I just stepped away for a minute to get a stupid corn dog," and I know. You know I feel like he's going to have a lot of blame for himself on this. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things when they come back, like he was just slumped over. Yeah, and I think it was it was well done and definitely. I guess I don't really think I suspected that Alexia was going to die in this season. Yeah, I, for some reason I kind of felt like he was a pretty safe bet. But yeah, my my number four I said is just Alexia. R.I.P. Man. R.I.P. That was yeah. And Murray's reaction, you know, you could tell that they had bonded a bit too because he felt really bad, and he was, you know, before calling him, he's an enemy of the state, you know, and <laughs> very hostile towards him, and very begrudgingly was helping and communicating with him, you know, only to find out what he knew. Um, and then you could see how, like you said, they kind of developed a little bit of a mini bromance there. So yeah, super sad about Alexia. I thought he was super cute. Um, and just sweet and lovable, and then he gets taken out, and that damn Russian Terminator, you know, calls him a traitor. Yeah. Um, screw that guy. Anyway, well, so and you know that's what's funny is it actually kind of proves that he couldn't go back. Yeah, they, Hopper was right. He was absolutely right about you know how he's like, well, he can't just go back to his people, you know, especially if he's all clean and not you know, all banged up or beaten up or, you know, whatever, or tortured, I think is really what he, the word he was (laughs) not using and should have been. Um, So yeah, poor Lexi. Gone too soon, man. So what'd you have for your number four? Well, my number four, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the car ride home and Murray again, I'm going to talk about him. (laughs) Hopper and Joyce are having their, bickering that we have seen just play out starting to get a little tiresome starting to get a little old and murray just cuts through the bullshit and 
and all the relationship drama that they've had going back and forth. And I, I'm really glad because, like I said, I'm not sure how much more, you know, Sam and Diane I could have taken um, in the series. And I, I, I was also like either do it already or shut up. <laughs> and so it was really funny the whole, you know, how Murray was able. It felt like we were all Murray, right, in that in that moment when he's, you know, basically just breaking it down for them and just do it already um, or shut up. And then it, I thought it was hilarious when he gets back in the in the thing in the back in the seat, and you know, Lexi looks at him, and he's like, <laughs> just kind of looked at him questioningly, like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, I I told them they they should have sex, just like nothing." And then um, Lexi's like, "What? They they haven't <laughs> had sex?" And he's like, "No," and they just bust out laughing. Even Alexi gets it, thinking like how absurd that that whole situation is, and that. You know, he assumes they already have, and that's why they're bickering. And you know, they must have had, or you know, must be having a relationship. Which Joyce and Hopper basically like the old married couple. They act Pretty like much, an yeah. old married couple. You know, like they've been married for twenty something years. Don't at me. I know if you've been married for twenty years, not everybody fights like that. I'm just you know, kind of throwing that out there as an example. Um, but. Yeah, I, I just thought that was super adorable. We were talking a little bit about the moments that Murray and Alexi got to bond together a little bit. And I think that was a moment, too, you know, that they're they're both kind of above it all and their intellects and they can just see through it all. And just, you know, why can't you see it, Joyce and Hopper, you know? Well, I think Murray is definitely kind of the guy. It's like he definitely pushes people for. <laughs> like doing it like he does. He did it with Jonathan and Nancy last yeah. season. I don't know if he just is legit, like, able to kind of identify that stuff or if he just is like, just do it. Everybody just do it. Ah, uh, like, if it's just a blanket, like, just everybody should just be doing yeah. it. Um, you might as well. And, or if he, he's able to to cut through and, you know, have this razor focus and be like, yeah, you, you two definitely need to be doing something about that because it's obvious to everyone but you is kind of how it is. I guess the true test is if we got him to talk with uh, Steve and Robin, because we found out some interesting things about Robin in this episode. Interesting things to come up. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's my number four. So what's your number three? My number three is, it's very creepy, and I mean, it really is the title of this episode, The Bite, but Mm -hmm. something is crawling inside of Elle's body, and Looks Ugh. more to be inside of her blood. Uh, I'm guessing this is kind of like a version of getting flayed. So she was bit, really rough looking bite. Uh, yeah, it's I know they gross. like e- even uh, Will and them were talking about like how he's going to have a nasty scar, and uh, just seeing like the crawling in the blood. Yeah, definitely looks like it was kind of leaving a trail for Billy. And then the ending of this, seeing what happened to her, was just really, really rough. I'm. I'm curious if this is going to inhibit her in any way in this last episode because, I mean, not to bury the lead, the op- the episode title for next week is about the battle at Starcourt, so it's obviously going to be something of fighting nature. And if their main battler, their main thing that saved them more than probably a dozen times in this season alone yeah. is down and out, what are they going to do? Uh, I know we've got some fireworks in store. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, instead of checking... <laughs> and Chekhov's gun, we have, you know, Lucas's fireworks. So we'll see if those get used. But uh, I did like the the little interaction, too, with Mike as they were patching her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. There was two scenes in this whole episode that 
didn't sit very well with me. Yeah. It was the scene with Mike and Elle. I felt like it was it was almost like a play that was overacted. Okay. But under kind of delivered. And I felt like Lucas and Max, when they're talking about the fireworks, kind of felt the same way. Mm, uh, okay. It, I need to rewatch it a couple more times just to see if it's just maybe how the episode fit together or how it was edited together. But those two scenes kind of felt like, all right, it's the end of the day. Let's get this wrapped up and so we can go home. And I kind of felt more like I was being, I was watching acting happening, happening instead of watching in disbelief of what was going on, if that makes more sense. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, I got Kind of like the magic of the acting wasn't really there. Like I, I felt like I was seeing somebody in an acting class kind of thing. Right. Not that they've done bad in other scenes or anything like that. I just felt like these two scenes really kind of stuck out for me. Sure. Um, kind of take you out of but, it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we've got this whole situation with Els. I mean, what what do you think when you saw all this happening? You see this thing crawling in Els' blood. Well, I was totally eked out. That's what because I've <laughs> <laughs> I've seen. You know, listen, I'm a Grey's Anatomy fanatic, and there's a lot of people that don't like that show, and that's totally fine. I know lots of medical professionals don't like it because they don't feel it's an accurate dramatization of real medical issues. But I'm gonna tell you, I've read plenty of like factual news stories and then I see that shit on Grey's Anatomy so I know they get this shit from real and then they kind of you know throw in a little bit of fiction because it's a freaking hour drama okay it's just a drama people anyway I don't use it as my medical resource or anything like that but I do have now in a doctorate after 15 years of Grey's anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway they, with that they would, and WebMD I can diagnose you with anything say, send me an email guys you got problems I'll diagnose you I got that shit and I also have previous experience actually working in the medical field. I'm all about that shit. Anyway, um, you know, they would have, you know, stories about like little parasites or worms growing in people's mm. brains. And they had a couple stories about these like worms, you know, from, you know, someone visited a foreign country and drank some bad water. And so now they have like this parasite and you'd see it like, you know, kind of swimming under the skin. And it was just, yeah. it, it just ekes me out. I can't, watch that kind of stuff. And then when we see not only Elle's extremely badly infected gaping wound, but now she's got something alive under there. And yeah, I'm wondering, what does that mean? Is she in danger of becoming flayed like uh, all the others? Is it a form of possession? I mean, I can't, I don't know if it's just for the the flayer to track her i don't because i thought he was already able to kind of track her you know he we had billy in in his like their astral plane wherever they were when he was you know talking to Elle and they were in the cabin you know he's like you know i see you now you know i know where you are and i don't know if he just meant the cabin but i thought i see you You've exposed yourself to me. Now I know where you are, or I'm going to know where you thinking. are. So I just, that's how, that's how I kind of took it. So I don't know, but her blood was doing a weird thing. Did you see the, the, her, her blood that had kind of pulled uh, there in the grocery mm-hmm. store after they left? It was almost like it was moving, like bubbling or moving or something. And, you know, and then when Billy touches it, he gets, you know, like this, knowing look in his eye so i don't know if it's a way to somehow track her i don't know if she's in danger of becoming possessed or flayed or worse i just know it was gross i don't know what to expect i don't know what it means but i know it's i know it means trouble because if l can't fight they're they're kind of screwed so yeah i kind of think it's it's like you said it's kind of a tracking i actually when i first saw it bubbling i thought it was going to do like what the people and 
whenever it seems like one of the the mind flares pieces get cut off, it like kind of bubbles and then crawls back to the the mind flare. So uh-huh. that's what I was kind of expecting this blood to do a little bit, but. Yeah, some questions out there, but I'm really curious to see, like, again, this last episode is going to be super crazy. I think so. And I think a lot of the – they've talked a lot this season about, like, Elle's going to save us. Elle's the one that, you know, is the fighter. We have to protect Elle or we have to save Elle because she's going to save us. She's going to protect us. And she's the one that's going to kick you know, the mind flayer's ass, you know, there's been mm-hmm. so much reference. So they keep saying it over and over and over again. And like, Oh, well now L's hurt. So I feel like they've kind of been leading up to this, you know, something happening to L because it's just too convenient for her to be on her in her best health. And she's probably already slightly weak anyway. I mean, wasn't she just spending all that time, you know, trying to find Billy and she's in there with this pile of Kleenex next to her because she's using her power to focus and try to find what's, you know, going on with Billy and everything. She's probably completely physically and, you know, uh, exhausted, emotionally, psychologically exhausted from going through all of that. Um, plus she had to whip ass at the, at the cabin with the mind flare. She nearly, you know, split his head in half. And I don't know if he's just so strong that she struggled against him or if she's weakened even because that was, that was after the bite, wasn't it? So she had been bitten. And then she kind of used her power and it kind of like split his head in half. So I think she's, yeah. I, I was wondering if she's already like, is is he just that strong or is Elle weakening a little bit? Like, has she been weakened because she fought him at the hospital? Um, she's been using her powers to try and focus and find the mind flare and find out, you know, the source and where Billy's at and all those things. Um, but I think they've kind of led us there because they built it up way too much that Elle's going to be the one to kick ass and you know, save the day. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, it's, I mean, you think it's probably been what, like maybe two days, maybe a day when all this stuff has been going on. She's yeah. fought so much stuff. She's done so much tracking. You know, she had that really, you know, intense experience with Billy when he grabbed her arm. So I'm, she's got to be weakening down. And the fact that, I mean, she literally just killed some people too. She flung <laughs> a car at those Russians and killed like five That's Russians true. like it was nothing. So That's true. She, she did have some juice left for that. Yeah, she's got to be wearing down a little bit though. But yeah, I'm again, this, this Star Court finale is going to be crazy. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Welcome to the mall. Yeah. Anyway. That was great. So what do you have for for your number three? Well, my number three, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the scene in the bathroom. Um, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. This, this scene didn't go like I thought it would, but I loved it even more that it didn't. Um, I really, really thought she was like, oh, I'm watching Steve like pour his heart out and I'm like, it's going to happen. They're, they're, you know, they're going to be a couple. They're going to realize their feelings for each other. And, um, that's not how it went down. You know, Steve is, you know, maybe just coming off of the effects. I was trying to figure out, are they still kind of under the truth serum? You know, did, did they puke it all up, which was gross, FYI. I mean, they did a really great job of showing it and everything, even when Steve was flushing the toilet and you could see his vomit go down the drain. Oh my, I just, you know what? This show makes me never want to eat again while I'm watching (laughs) it because between exploding rats and piles of of people goo, 
sc- scooting across the floor um, and then vomit in the toilet. I, I, I've just stopped eating when I watch this show anymore. Anyway, got sidetracked. Um, but, you know, he's he's confessing his feelings and I'm like, oh, my God, he's doing it. And are they really under the truth serum still or is this just they're being open and vulnerable and honest? Um and and when he scoots under the stall and he's kind of just waiting for like, hello, you know, um, did you hear me at all? I loved so much when he, when she, you know, is kind of like telling him, but not telling him yeah. and that light bulb kind of goes off and he's like, oh, and she's like, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I loved that so much that. I love that she was able to be so honest and forthcoming about who she is and she was, you know, not trying to hide it or, you know, hide, you know, pretend to be something that she's not. And I loved it even more. You know, I'm already loving that part. But then when Steve comes to that realization, you know, that he's crushing on her hard, like he has just confessed his feelings. So, you know, he's got feelings for her, but when he realizes what she shared with him and probably how difficult that was, he turns around and becomes a real friend to her mm-hmm. and, you know, then starts kind of jazzing with her about this Tammy Thompson, you know, and giving her a hard time, just like he would with one of the guys or something. If his one of mm-hmm. his guy friends or any other friend had, you know, started talking about someone they were crushing on or whatever. And it was such a beautiful moment between two friends. They were to be, they were able to both, be open and vulnerable and honest with each other. And that she was able to share such a really big part of herself. Um, I thought it was a beautiful moment and I loved it. And I think it was just absolutely perfect and it worked um, beautifully for me. And I, I love, love, love Maya Hawk so much um, uh, who plays Robin. She, she just does a fantastic job and I, Hope to see more and more of her. I hope well, we got one episode to go. I don't want to, I'm afraid to hope for anybody to still live because, you know, it's feel like we lose people so often. I really hope she sticks around, not just for the finale, but for, you know, next season. Um, and that we see more of her because I think she's just a, a wonderful addition. Um, and I mean, what a thing. It's friggin' 1984. Five, right? Is it eighty five? I think it's eighty five. Yeah. So I can't believe I can't. For, I can't remember shit. It's been a. It's been a day. Let me tell you. Um, that's not something that people just went around admitting in yeah, the mid eighties. Too often, um, especially. I would especially think at that age too. I mean, because she's still in high school, and that's yeah. That's, you know, I'm wondering if she was still under the. And that's that's what I'm kind of curious about. She was still under the truth serum, or if it was. She actually trusted Steve enough to tell him because that's mm-hmm. I said, that's a big deal, and I it I agree one hundred percent. It did not go the way I was expecting because everything was laid out that she had a crush on him, and yeah, you know he started to kind of like her, and he definitely kind of did the whole like high school way of like kind of sharing your feelings, kind yep. of like saying around it about like oh there's this girl and right, um, and I was expecting them to kind of like oh yeah, and then you know now we got a relationship, but. I thought it was well done. It was very tastefully done, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I don't know if I've seen too many shows that have a kind of a coming out scene. Definitely not one where you're not expecting it. Right. You know, I think a lot of times whenever it's happened, again, I don't know if it's been done on film too many times that I can remember, but a lot of times it's kind of like either know the person's already gay or it's, 
uh, it's kind of alluded to, or you, you kind of expect it a little bit. Right. This was just did not expect it whatsoever. I didn't uh, either. I didn't either. But yeah, beautifully done, and and it 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 was believable. I mean, and when because when she said it, because she's like, well, I wasn't you know, crushing on you. And of course I'm paraphrasing here. You know, she was jealous over the girl, you know, looking at Steve instead of looking at her. And I was like, damn, that makes perfect sense. I w- that totally threw me too. Cause that's not where I was, you know, going with that whenever they had that scene in the um, torture room or whatever, you know, when they oh, were yeah, tied to the chairs, boat. you know? So, you know, like I said, it didn't play out like I expected it to, but it was even better you know, than I thought it would be. It was better than if they had both feel, you know, the romantic feelings towards each other and, you know, kind of you had a budding relationship there. And instead, now they have this beautiful friendship, which is most likely going to last longer than, (laughs) you know, if they had like a boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship that would probably fizzle, you know, because, and I know there's plenty of relationships that start out in high school and people are still together 50 years later. um, And any relationship can, you know, not last, but, you know, well, I really liked it too, just because it does. If if it was what you were expecting, it would have been very cliche. Yes, you know the very eighties, you know rom com where the the cool guy and the you know the not so cool girl finally fall in love. And but this was like you're expecting that. You're like, all right, I've seen this movie a thousand times, and they're about, oh no, I have not seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. Um, and like I said, it fit well. I thought. I thought it was just it was well placed. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those things that was just thrown in just to throw it in. Like, it makes sense with everything going on. So I just yeah. I really, really dug it. I really I did, did, too. It was totally natural. They both Natural's played it. Natural a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, they, they, she played it really well. Her facial reactions and her reaction and talking it out with Steve. Steve's reaction on his face was, like, the moment – because he's like, but Tammy Thompson's a girl. And she's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, it took him, it, there was like this pause and then you could see the light bulb go off and he goes, oh, and she's like, yeah. Oh, and I was just, and then, and then I'm like, okay, Steve, don't be a douche. Don't go back to being, you know, Steve yeah. the D, you know, don't be an asshole. You know, I'm, I've got faith in you here, buddy. And he came through and I love that so much. Steve, his character just keeps surprising me over and over. And I, I love so much how he was so accepting of of her and of who she was. And, you know, didn't get butt hurt over, you know, oh, yeah. confessing his feelings. And the girl's like, you know, no, you dork. I'm not into you. I'm into girls. Um, and he didn't I, get all offended or broken up about it, you know. I feel like they've probably their relationships probably grown stronger from this moment than if they were dating. Cause I think totally dating would add this whole other complex part of a relationship, you know, into it. And instead it's a, Oh, okay. And it's almost like, did, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Is that what happened here? Like, are we now just best friends? Like if they weren't already bonded over nearly being killed by Russians and being tortured to death, this would definitely be the one that would, you know, but I think this definitely just like cements the solidity of their, God, is that a word? That's not a word. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm having a, I'm having a day. It solidifies, I'll say that, it solidifies their relationship. It's the icing on the cake. I think they're probably, I can see it like 20 years from now, they're like still really good friends. They're hitting each up 
you know, hitting each other up on Facebook and probably still seeing each other from time to time, getting their families together, you know, if they have families. And so I totally see them having a really nice, good, lasting friendship and bond, you know, that they'll have together for a really long time. Just absolutely well done. So anyway, that's my number three. What's your number two? All right. So my number two is just Hopper and the Cave of Horrors. (laughs) <laughs> so Hopper gets uh, gets uh, Murray and Joyce away from the situation, and he gets chased into this cave of horrors. And this is like I love seeing badass Hopper, and oh, that's yeah. what we get to see here. You get to see him beat the crap out of you know some Russian with a beanbag, steal oh, yeah. his gun, sneak up on the assassin. Now again, he failed it. Again, this is more of a plot thing than I think anything. Because I think in real life it would have been. You know, I knocked him down one to the head kind of thing. That's I would assume that's just what you would do. Yeah, come on, Hopper. But it was just cool to see him in this situation. And he got a little bit of humor as he's going down the slide. He's like, oh, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> you just imagine he's like butt scooting down. How did he even big. fit through that yeah. thing? He's ginormous. I, <laughs> I love Dad Bod Hopper. Like, <laughs> I know we got Hellboy Hopper where he's just ripped, but Dad Bod Hopper's where it's at. I'm all about the dad bod. He's just a really big guy, though. He's he's tall, yeah. if nothing else. Even if he's ripped, he's he's just he's very broad shouldered. You know, he's got long legs. He's just and now he's got yeah, he's got a little extra weight on him, and I'm okay. I like a beefy guy. I don't like you know something to hold on to. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not shaming anyone. Hey. Big guys always have snacks, and there's nothing worse than being hungry and not having snacks. That's true. If if I'm fed, I'm happy. I'll tell you that. So if if you know I'm hanging with a guy and he's always got food around, I'm a happy girl. Yeah, that was that was great going down the slide. Yeah, and kind of tied to this a little bit. So as he's going through this, uh, you know, we we get to see the House of Mirrors, which is something that I hate. You know, I I we've seen no, the new It yeah, trailer, don't like it, and that's full of how of like mirror room house stuff, and so I don't care for that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But as Joyce and Murray are leaving, we get to see Joyce take out the mayor. Hell yeah. And I absolutely love that scene because she walks out and you know she's figured out that's the dude that killed Alexia. Yep. That's the dude that called He's in the He's responsible for all of it. It all comes down oh, to the yeah. freaking mayor, ma'am. And so she gives him a little one, two. Well, I guess a little one and then a two. <laughs> But, but yeah, I really enjoyed the little cave of horrors. It kind of showed Hop's skill and showed uh, just what he can do. So that's my number two. It was some just really great action. I love action and action movies. I've said it multiple times. Love John Wick. Love all the action movies. I grew up on them. I mean, I grew up on Rambo, um, Predator. Um, you know, all c- command. Just all of them. You know, I, I was there, and I'm and I'm here for it. Um, but the, so, yeah, getting to see some Hopper action was great, and not double tapping the Terminator guy was a mistake. And damn, before you knew he had the damn uh, bulletproof vest on, Hopper shoots the hell out of this guy. Hopper runs away, and then that guy freaking gets up. Did you think for maybe just? Like a split second, he is a freaking Terminator. Uh, like- <laughs> no, my my first thought was bulletproof vest because when he shot him, I was like, "All right, no, like he's like it's too easy." You know, like I feel like it should have been like that. Like he should have been dead because that's I think that's 
a very realistic scenario that if you got the drop on somebody like that, that that's what would happen. But yeah, you know, to let him get up was kind of like, oh, okay, like that's that's your plot point. Well, it 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 for just I'm gonna admit it because whatever you I, I trust you guys you won't you won't uh, shame me too much uh, for just a split second when I saw him start to get back up I was like no freaking way <laughs> and I was like all right get your shit together there's no freaking Terminators in Stranger Things <laughs> I, I think that maybe. I don't know. I wonder if that was done on purpose. You know, did the writers, you know, after all this time kind of go like, oh, let's let's screw with him just a little bit. You know, we've had fun with this oh, whole, sure. you know, yeah. a little bit of a Terminator reference to this, you know, Russian assassin, you know, that we have here. Let's, you know, pull their leg just one more time. And and they got me if that was their intent. I admit it. Um, I was so caught up in the action. Um, and then, yeah, Joyce you know, going after the mayor was fantastic. Did you hear the guy after she, she punches him, gives him, you know, the old heave ho, uh, in the gonads. And did you hear the guy in the background cheer her on? <laughs> no. What'd he say? <laughs> it was very hard to hear. He was just like, yeah, you go something like that. <laughs> it was very, it, it wasn't like he was standing next to her. It was kind of hard to hear, but I think very clearly he was cheering her on. That was and, like drunk guy in the crowd. Yeah, well, and I can say with confidence that in Indiana, there will always be a drunk guy that will cheer you on if, if, <laughs> in a fight. If you're fighting, there's going to be a drunk guy back there somewhere cheering you on. Um, that's funny. I can promise you that. Um, so anyway, that's that's a really great, what, number two? I love it. Yep. Fun at the fair, man. The fun never ends. All right. Well, my number two, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the standoff at the cabin. So you talked about it a little bit, but um, a couple of things that I liked and some things that I didn't like. So what I'll tell you first, what I liked, I love seeing Nancy doing her shotgun thing. Uh, we know she can handle a gun. Um, so that was fun. I think she, it, it was believable. So I love seeing that. I like seeing Lucas coming in with the ax. Um, I liked that they were all fighting for Elle. You could see how they all really come together and they were all trying to do their part to save Elle because the mind flayer had her by the leg and he's trying to pull her through the roof. So they're all fighting for Elle so Elle could fight for them and save them. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, which, you know, they were doing because, yes, they want, they need Elle and they know they can't fight the Mind Flayer without her. But it wasn't just about that, I think. They were also just saving their friend. Like, that's how you protect your friend. And that's what I love about this group is they all seem to, you know, yes, they have their little fights and, you know, things like that. But anytime that you really love someone and, and care about people, you know, you're sometimes going to fight and have misunderstandings. Um, but so I loved that, uh, that it wasn't just about, well, we have to save L because otherwise we're up shit Creek, uh, with, with the mind flare. It was, we have to save our friend. But what I wasn't really thrilled about when, you know, Nancy, she she's the one that hears something outside first. And they're all in the cabin, you know, talking. And so they go outside to take a look. They see the freaking mind flare. Now, I can't, I don't know how far off he was supposed to be, but it looks like he was just down the road. You know, this thing is big enough and strong enough to knock down trees. And they decide to go back in the cabin? Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's like, oh, let's put up this super awesomely strong sofa in front of the door. That'll stop the mind flare from <laughs> getting inside the cabin, this wood cabin. We'll be perfectly safe. Yeah, why did they not get in? Why did they get in a car and get the hell out of there? I mean, I don't know. Would it, I guess it wouldn't be as dramatic. You, you know, L has to get bit. You know, this had to happen. I guess so. But I'm just I'm watching them blocking doors and putting things in front of the windows, and I'm like, you just saw this thing as as big as this house knocking trees down and you think you're going to be safe in that cabin with a sh- with a, a pump shotgun and a freaking axe it just i was like you, you, you would get in the car so anyway i had a, a small problem with that i try not to gripe too much but sometimes things stand out too much that just kind of irritate me um but all in all i thought it was you know still really great seeing how they were all you know, none of them are really off cowering in a corner. You know, they're all fighting and they're all trying to do their part. And I like that. You know, they're all not, you know, they're all being proactive about saving Elle. Um, so anyway, I liked all of that. Most of it anyway. Yeah. I kind of felt like that was a definitely a situation where like when they were kind of like, oh, it's just the fireworks. It's like Elle just told you that Billy said that I see you. Yeah. Now it's not time to it's not a time to like misunderstand semantics. Like maybe it's more of like a you know I see you kind of like love thing. Like I, don't know, I think there's in shows where it's like oh I see you. Yes. Or it could be he knows exactly where you are. Either way, you probably want to take all the precautions you can. Yeah, grab those keys and drive, Nancy. Exactly. Get in that station wagon and go. But I thought it was you know like I said it was had to happen a certain way you know, to kind of get where we are. And, you know, typically I'm pretty well okay with that. And I'm not going to beat up on it too much, but it just kind of irritated me because I'm just like, that's not what you would do in real life. Uh, Yeah, I'd agree there. But anyway, so that's my number two. I really want to hear what your number one is. All right, so my number one is we are getting the band back together. Yay, that's my number one, too. Yeah, so they all get here. We see Elle throw that Mustang. I think it was a Mustang. All the way across the floor, killing like five of those guys. We get together. And it's like the, uh, uh, is it Pena's his name from uh, Ant-Man going through like the whole like five minute spiel of what yes, happened. Yes, it was so it's good. A, oh, it was fun. It's like, okay, this is like what we've been waiting for for like the last three episodes and we get it in five minutes. It's like, there's Russians. What do you mean there's Russians? There's a mind flare. What's a mind flare? There's zombies. What do you mean there's zombies? Oh, it was That's great. I perfect, loved it. perfect, Sean. We need that guy in Stranger Things now. You've oh, done, yeah. You've done put it out there to the universe. Now it has to happen. Isn't he like one of I, the best things about that movie? Yeah, he needs to be like, I want him to be at the beginning of everything, like last time on Stranger Things. There was this guy doing this, and there's this There's this guy named Ted. He's a fucking fuck Ted. And he fights <laughs> this thing and does this, and he doesn't pay attention to his wife. His wife was about to go have sex with this high school guy. I don't know why. She goes up to him, and they don't have sex. He was going to have sex with her in a hotel room. I don't get it oh my god oh shit you're not supposed to make me laugh like that when we're recording (laughs) but yeah i i like again it was really kind of quick definitely sets it up you know we see that l has her little uh kind of you know physical breakdown from the the bite Mm -hmm. but all of them getting together throwing around what's going on getting everybody up to speed and it's like they didn't miss a beat, you know. I mean, this has been like what four days, 
Yeah. When you think about it. So it's it's really cool to see this again leading up to this big final episode. So just getting the band back together. We still have Hopper and Joyce out there that'll get here at some point too. So we got that yeah. little tidbit out there. Yeah, we know they're headed to the mall because they overheard, you know, the Russians talking uh, on the on the radio. So when they're talking about the kids, well, you know whose kids are going to be up to no good or into some shit, yep. into some trouble. So of course they're going to head to the mall because they know that's their kids. So yeah, we're getting ready to get everybody back together. But shit, man, it had to happen sometime. I mean, we're at freaking see, uh, you know, see, or uh, season episode. Can I get it straight, please? Episode seven, one more to go. We got to get them together at some point. Yeah. And I love that they did that. Like you said, that's a perfect explanation uh, for what you said that they, you know, I've got the dialogue here uh, when they're like, I don't understand what happened to that car. Ella has superpowers. I'm sorry. <laughs> superpowers. She did it with her mind. Come on, catch up. That's L. Who's L? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm Robin. I work with Steve. She cracked the top secret code. Yeah, which is how we found out about the Russians. Russians? Wait, what Russians? The Russians. Those were Russians? Some of them. What are you talking about? <laughs> Didn't you hear our code red? Yeah. Couldn't understand what you were saying. Goddamn low battery. How many times <laughs> I have to tell you with the low battery? Well, everything worked out, didn't it? Worked out. We almost died. Yeah, but we didn't, did we? It's pretty damn close. Uh, okay, Russians? As in they're working for the Russian government? What are you not comprehending? Am I not speaking English? We have a full-blown <laughs> Red Dawn situation. So this has nothing to do with the gate? It has everything to do with the gate. <laughs> anyway, the, yeah, we don't have time to, for you know a sit-down discussion. We got to get caught up, get everyone caught up, because Mind Flayer's on his way. We only have one episode left. Um, so that was a really nice way to to kind of get everyone on the same page. He had some new friends meeting the old friends. You know, Robin is new to the group. Now we've got Erica has joined the little group of nerds. Um, so, you know, of course now Lucas and, and, and her are going to have, you know, he's like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, <laughs> she's like, well, it's their fault. So it should be really interesting to see those two, um, you know, together in the same group and to see how, uh, Robin mixes with with everyone else because she's just been with Steve and Dustin and Erica. So super fun. And yeah, Hopper and Joyce are on their way. Definitely setting it up for the next one. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah. So my number one, we got the, it said that was yours as well. Do you have anything extra you want to add to it? No, that was it. Just that I'm just super excited that we finally, you know, when, when, we got, you know, when the car starts to kind of, when it goes, the, the alarm goes off, I it didn't really, I didn't think of L like being there. I thought, well, we have to get people together eventually. Right. But I didn't know it was happening in that moment. So I got really excited when we saw them up on that next floor and I was like, yes, finally, you know, everybody's getting together. Um, and then of course, you know, seeing L going down there at the last minute, um, kind of puts them in some peril, but Super excited to see what happens next. People keep texting me, all of our awesome <laughs> listeners. Have you watched the finale yet? Have you watched the finale yet? Have you watched the finale yet? No, <laughs> I have not. We're recording this late thanks to me because I had some scheduling issues. I was also out of town driving to work, drove for five, five and a half hours yesterday. So I couldn't, couldn't do it then either. So um, so we're recording late, which means I'm late watching the finale. Um, so no, I haven't watched the finale guys. I will hopefully by the time this is released and published and we're going to talk about it. So do you have any notes? Well, 
I got a couple notes. So I loved uh, when Drug Robin was talking to um, why did I forget his name? Oh, Steve. Yeah, Steve and uh, oh man, my brain. I drank too much. <laughs> um, his buddy. Why is that not Dustin? Dustin. Good lord. Yeah. So when he's talking to Dustin, she says uh, he's talking about them dying, and he says, "We all die, my little child friend." Oh my gosh! So creepy, but awesome. Creepy and awesome and dark. I love. Yeah. She's got a little bit of a dark side to her. That's why I love her so much. Uh, when Hopper and Joyce were in the little spinny thing, um, he's like, "Hold the ride," and she's like, "Not on your life, Magnum." <laughs> Oh, that was so good. The look on his uh, face. <laughs> yeah. The the mayor, when he picks up the phone trying to call him, he's like, pick up, you call me bastards. Uh, we get new Coke in this, and Lucas obviously loves new Coke. I didn't like that scene. I've never had it, and that really felt like a commercial to me, too, which I that's, think is kind of what they're playing on. That's why I didn't like it, and maybe, I don't know, I guess maybe I need, I, I've been avoiding the news and I've been trying to avoid reading because I'm afraid to get spoiled. But once I watch the finale and I kind of come back and read some of that stuff, I want to kind of look into that and just see what their point was with that. Because I'm like, it was just too much. I mean, there's been a lot of product placement in this series, which I'm, I typically don't care, you know, if they want to throw in, you know, that we have Burger King and we had 7-Eleven oh, and yeah. Slurpees and we've had this Doritos is the second time. And- yeah, Doritos and the second time we've had Coke because they had I think uh, one of them was drinking new Coke in the 7-Eleven when they first got there, and they were just so parched. They're just downing whatever drinks they had in front of them. Um, This just went on a little too long. Like, I think he was quoting the original new Coke commercial, and I'm just like, I don't know. Typically, I don't mind it so much. This was just a little overdone. It was definitely out of place, too. Yeah. Because it's like like they're basically on the run. The L just got bit. Something's not right, and it's like, oh, we're going to have this little banter back and forth. Yeah, um, about new code. I get that. Yeah, it was just a little too much, just a little too overdone. Like, I don't care that much about product placement. I mean, I just I don't let it affect me or whatever, so I don't really care, but this was just a little too much. And why did they have to break into a grocery store to get bandages for Elle's leg? Yeah, that's Could a good they, point. Between, it might have been just like a general store. Maybe, but couldn't they just go to one of their houses to get bandages. I mean, I realize they can't carry Ellen looking all bloodied and broken and without a parent uh, wondering what the hell is going on. But surely at one of their houses, one of the, you know, kids' parents are, I mean, well, shit, Karen and Ted and Holly are at the fair. They could have went to the wheelers. at the fair, yeah. It's probably pretty safe to go anywhere. They could have went to a house and been like, oh, we have bandages. Let's clean you up here. Why'd they have to break into a store? I don't know. That... I was just like, it's not the apocalypse. You don't have to break it. <laughs> you don't have to scavenge for for medical supplies. <laughs> Somebody's well, but probably that's where got the them. new Coke was. Well, that's true. Then we wouldn't have the new Coke. My uh, my last note is just the the fact that we got back to the future was awesome. Oh um, hell yeah! You know, I love they get into the theater and they tell them like, don't go anywhere. And I'm trying to figure out where did Steve get the popcorn from. Uh, was it either in the Oh, shoot. Was it in the trash or was it already in the seat? I feel like it got left behind somewhere. Okay. Well, I saw him carrying it down and I was just like, I don't, I can't catch where he got that from. Yeah, I think he got it out of the garbage. Uh, but then when they get out and they're still kind of high and she's like, you know, I'm not totally focused, 
but I'm pretty sure that was that guy's mom and she was trying to bang him. And I was like, yeah, you pretty much summed that up. Pretty much. People still get hung up on that. Um, yeah. When when people, yep. young folks are just now catching on to, you know, watching older movies like that, like Back to the Future and just like, that's his mom? She's, try, <laughs> she's trying to bang her son? Yep. That's pretty much, yes, welcome to the 80s, guys. <laughs> welcome to the well, 80s. I mean, we have, you know, Game of Thrones and they're not... You know, there's no mistaken identity in that. They know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, we've, yeah, we're, we're cold to that now. We've been inoculated. But, but that's all the notes I had. What'd you have for some notes? I like it. Well, I, I love, love when Joyce and Hopper do catch up with Ted and Karen in the Gravitron. And she's like, where are the kids? And Karen's like, mm, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know because, well, at, at Lucas's or at Dustin's, um, no, gosh, I don't know. It's a summer. Yeah. I'm like, that's very 80s. God, I miss the 80s when you don't know where your kids are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like now that happens, you're like, the first thought is like, oh my God, they've been kidnapped. Amber alert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not to make fun of the Amber Alert, but it's like some some parents are are so overprotective or so, you know, helicopter parents um, that they have to know what their kid is doing every single minute of the day and like up in their grill all the time. Um, yeah, I miss that. I mean, gosh, those were the days we all used to, you know, it, during the summer. You, as soon as you woke up, you're hitting the bike going to your friend's house, you're all riding your bikes around town, going to your favorite hangouts, uh, you know, just goofing around. And as long as you were home by dark, eh, you know, that's, it's all good. Or if you were down the street at a friend's house and, you know, it might be getting close to dark, but your mom, you know, kind of hollers at you and you can hear it drifting throughout the neighborhood and you're like, oh shit, got to go home. Mom's hollering at me, must be dinner, you know, or whatever. Those were the good old days. Um, anyway, I know all you folks who grew up in that time will know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Plank's constant. That stood out. Now, I don't know what the hell it is. And I even looked it <laughs> up. And I even looked for a dummy version. This was the dummy version because I thought, I'm not going to understand what it really means. So where's the... Uh, um, physics and time travel or whatever for dummies. So Planck's constant, which is what's required to open or use these keys. You have to enter this to, to for these keys to work or whatever. Planck's constant, symbolized H, relates the energy in one quantum photon of electromagnetic radiation to the frequency of that radiation. In the International System of Units, or SI, the constant is equal to approximately 6.626176 times 10, is that a negative 34 something, joule seconds. If anyone wants to break that down, if we got any, like, you know, if this is your thing, you want to write in and give me a better breakdown, it sounds like something really, really smart. Um, did, did any of that, did you look that up by any chance? I didn't. I heard about, I heard him say it and I, I just kind of assumed it was something way above my head. Well, you're right. Cause <laughs> it's, 
way above my head. Anyway, I'm curious. Um, Alexi knew what it was. I know Murray's a smart guy. And he seemed to like, you know, because Hopper was like, what? And he's like, Plank's constant. Like, duh. Um, but does he know what it is and how to use it if the time comes? I don't know. But anyway, I it stood out. I'm like, well, I want to know what this is. And I thought I'd try to pretend to be really smart and educate myself. And I just came away uh, feeling really stupid. So I wanted to talk about, you mentioned Back to the Future. Uh, some of the other and this was newly released too, because I think someone actually looked up the day that Back to the Future came out. Like we're supposed to be on July fourth, right? Because that's the the fairs happening and everything else. I think that the I think they said that Back to the Future was literally released either that day or the day before. So it was a true new release. So I thought that was awesome. But there was also the other movies that were playing was Fletch. I don't know Fletch. Chevy Chase. That was Fletch. That's a classic Chevy Chase film, a comedy. Cocoon. I didn't know Cocoon. I saw that one. Okay. Loved that movie as a kid. Um, Return to Oz, This Stuff, and Daryl, which Daryl is about a little boy uh, who is actually a data-analyzing robot youth life form created by a top-secret agency. Ooh. Um, So those were the movies that were playing. I thought that was fun. Fun little tidbit. And then I would it be an 80s-centric show without a John Cougar Mellencamp song? I thought, are we going to go the whole season and not get a John Cougar Mellencamp? We're in the <laughs> middle of the 80s. We got it, baby. R-O-C-K in the USA. Love yeah, that. There we go. Um, a little bit about the truth serum. It got me curious about truth serum. So there's three different drugs that can be used um, in narco analysis is what they call it. And they're seen as truth drugs, but they are sodium amytal, pentothal sodium, and to a lesser extent, secanol. I think that the sodium amytal is the one that's used more commonly, I thought. Or maybe it's a pentothal sodium. You can edit this out. Totally, because <laughs> I am butchering these names, and clearly I have not had enough sleep because I've had too much travel time. But I thought that was really interesting because that's actually based, you know, when they drug Robin and Steve, that is things that were commonly done, um, secret experiments mm-hmm. um, that the government would do, CIA and other government agencies, and I'm sure the Russians, because if we were doing something, the Russians were all up trying uh, to do yeah. it too, especially in the 80s and the Cold War era. Um, so I thought it was, you know, just interesting that, you know, we've seen some other things that they've kind of pulled from real life. You know, we talked about in season one, those experiments, you know, that Elle's mom was kind of a part of. And, you know, you hear about these government experience or government experiments that, you know, are, they kind of tie into that. So it was kind of interesting to see how they use this, um, in quotes, truth serum also. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought, how is that really used? And is there really a truth serum? And I thought I've heard that, and maybe this is just me misunderstanding things, but I thought they used to use LSD for that too. Like that was hmm. one way they tried to try to get some truth out of people with that. I could be completely wrong. All I know is that if I drink a lot of alcohol, that's when all the truth comes out. I was going to say, you know what? You don't have to use fancy drugs with me. Um, and I'm a cheap drunk. So, 
it only takes a few drinks and I'm feeling just fine. And, you know, there's nothing. What are the three things that always tell the truth? Yoga pants, children, and a drunk person. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very true. All factual. That is all factual. You want to, those are, are the truth tellers. Yeah, I'm, you will never find a more honest person than get me plowed with a couple drinks. <laughs> anyway, I think that covers all that we needed, at least for now, to discuss about this episode. Um, I would think it's about time to get into our listener feedback. Man, our listeners have not let us down. They have been so consistent with feedback and They've had some really great insights, and I love talking with our listeners. Like I said, I've been getting little messages, um, emails, and it's fantastic. And I hope we can continue to do that even whenever the season is over, um, which I'm going to be really sad for. Um, I'll go ahead and start with the first one because I could just apparently can't shut up tonight. So first one that we have is from our really good friend, Doug Fick. He says, I don't know what penultimate means, but I loved the next to the last episode. (laughs) The fair has begun. I loved how the trumpet petered out when the mayor signals the band to stop. (laughs) A tasty tidbit chuckle. The trees moving in the forest had a King Kong feel to it. Oh, good reference. Funny how Justin and Erica are now the adults with Steve and Robin. Now, they could be a future power couple unless Susie exists. Nancy taking control. She can shoot and drive. Possibly the perfect woman. <laughs> Ew, there yeah. you go. Why not? Robin summons up the Back to the Future plot. I think she was trying to bang her son. So funny. Dr. Bowman, or can you say Dr. Phil? Get it on Hopper and Joyce already. Jeez. So many new Coke references. Yes, I was there. It sucked hard. The Steve and Robin talk was sweet and a little sad and explains her obsession with him. And she was obsessed with the girl. But when Steve realizes he was he was grown and they went right back to their friendship. He has grown. Sorry. I think they make a better team as friends anyways. Poor Alexi. Das Vidanya, Smirnoff. We hardly <laughs> knew ya. Billy is hot on the trail of L. Episode 8 should be a battle royale. Flayer mania, anyone? Who will take home the belt? <laughs> and L coming through in the clutch as she, as she always does. Death by Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Oh, you were wrong, Sean. It was a Chrysler oh, LeBaron. I, couldn't remember. I didn't get a good look at it. Yeah, I didn't either. The epitome of shoddy American auto manufacturing of the 80s. <laughs> oh, really? I kind of like the LeBaron. The newer ones, anyway. Um, take that, comrades. I think Elle may be out of gas. She's bleeding out of both nostrils. She may need help to come out victorious. Should be a great ending as all converge on the mall. Unfortunately, there will be no Corey Hart fun fact this week as I received a cease and desist letter (laughs) from his attorney. (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. (laughs) Fun fact. Corey Hart was considered to play Marty McFly in Back to the Future. (laughs) He was sent a script from Steven Spielberg and asked to audition. I may be watching episode eight in the slammer. (laughs) Can't wait. It's okay, Doug. We'll keep you company if something happens. We'll uh, we'll come visit you and sneak those podcasts into you. We'll tell you how we'll sneak them in, but we will. Contraband podcast, man. We'll be there there right, right with you. Great feedback. Thanks, Doug. 
Our next one comes from Casey Robertson. So another great episode leading up to the finale in the ultimate showdown. Top five. Number five, Dustin and Mike trying to talk on the walkies. Very goony. Loved how Dustin made sure to let everyone know he was still a little mad at his cold return. Number four, Lucas and his firework knowledge bomb. TNT foreshadowing. Number three, even though Will is thought to be pos- possibly be gay, Robin is confirmed, and Steve's reaction is the way everyone should react. No big deal. You be you. Mm-hmm. Number two, L tearing the fly- flare in half. The scene also had a nice Evil Dead vibe to it. Could have used some ash. Number one, Sean mentioned it last week, Slither. Great movie. This was a totally a scene with a parasite coming from a bite. Can't wait for the podcast and the finale. Uh, Casey, bless you for bringing up the Evil Dead reference. That I didn't even think of that, and I love it, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't, but thank you for mentioning it. Totally had an Evil evil Dead vibe in the cabin, and just with like cabin the gore the and all that stuff. Yeah, they need ash. Ash can... I bet he could kick a mind flayer's ass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally. That's great. Thanks, Casey. Next one we have is from Lindsay Schlicht. She writes, the scene in the cabin was totally nuts. Eleven ripped the mind flayer in half was awesome. Not sure I understand, though, why they decided to stay if they had enough time to gather weapons and board everything up. Why not just take off in the car in the first place? Thank you, Lindsay. The Dustin and Mike walkie-talkie scene was too cute. The music and the acting, all I could see was Goonies. Was a little surprised by the Robin reveal since it seemed like she was into Steve earlier. I did love Steve's reaction. He just continues to be the sweetest, coolest guy ever. My heart broke for Alexi. I so wanted him to have his chance. I guess he's this year's Bob. Sweet, mm. ultimately disposable character. Yay, got to enjoy the whole crew being back together for like one minute until the insane cliffhanger with Eleven's leg. She better not be infected. Finally time for the finale. Can't wait. So bummed it's over. Me too. Our next one comes from Josh Diwali. So hey guys, Josh here with a quick five for episode seven, The Blight. Number five, let's begin with a scare. Was I the only one who worried for Karen, fucking Ted, and their daughter <laughs> when they got on the Ferris wheel? They get to the top and the trees start moving. I had goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a little nervous. Yep. Number four, did you OD in there? Nice play on part of the Duffers to have the reveal of Robin's sexual orientation right after Steve shares his feelings. Mm-hmm. Number three, babysitting the babysitter. Dustin and Erica trying to keep Steve and Robin safe added to slight comedy the show needed to save us from all the heart attacks this episode. Number two, the last of Smirnoff. Alexa gets to live the American dream only to have his life taken at what may have been his happiest moment that we knew him. Mm. Number one, kids versus monsters versus Russians. Elle's battle with the Mind Flare was intense. The way the kids rattled, rallied around her was amazing. The cabin battle was maybe the best fight sequence in the episode. But the mall scene was close. When I saw the convertible in there, I was sure a car would play into the rescue of Dustin and Co. But to be honest, I thought Hopper was going to drive his stolen car in the building. I'm glad I was wrong. Till episode 100. That was all great. That's I love it when folks send in their top five. Isn't that so fun? Oh, I do too. They, I love it. They go into their top five along with us. It's so fun. 
All right, a couple of emails. So first one that we have says, Dear Rima and Sean, you are almost at the finish line. Thank you for making Stranger Things so much more enjoyable the second time around. I think that I should watch the series slower next time, LOL. You two really know how to get most from a season. At least we have another Altered Carbon to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Here's my top five of cool details during my second watching. Number five, in one of the opening shots of the fair, a little kid wins a stuffed gizmo from Gremlins. Oh! Oh, I missed that. I missed that, really? Gizmo! Gizmo! Hey, Billy! Uh Uh-oh. Oh, that sounded like a Teletubby. That wasn't Gizmo. (laughs) Sorry, that was terrible. You just keep doing your Gizmo, Sean. I suck at this. Um, really, I did not realize that. Thank you for pointing I've that out. I've got one of those, I think, in my attic. I'm going to shut up. Do you really? Yeah, you have I do. Yeah. Damn it. You got to get that down for Jacoby. Uh, go get it for Jacoby. He would get a kick out of that. Just don't feed it after midnight. Don't get it wet. Yep, don't get it wet. And, and shit, what was the other one? Don't feed it after midnight. Yeah, don't feed it after midnight. Don't, don't, get, don't it get it wet. wet. Oh, shit. Make sure the kitty litter's changed. I think that was the third one. That was the third one. We got to go back and watch Gremlins next. We forgot the three rules. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm straying. Number four, when Steve is drugged, he boops Dustin on the nose twice. Hilarious. Number three, Erica's face in the movie theater when she looks over and sees that she's lost Steve and Robin. I can't unhighlight that. Sorry. Oh, Eddie, I think you need to edit that out. Uh, number two, when the mayor runs for his car phone, he runs into somebody. That person yells at him, happy fourth, dick. <laughs> <laughs> God, sorry. It's funny. Oh, my God. Everybody loves the mayor, right? He's a popular guy. Uh, number one, Joyce punches the mayor and somebody yells at her, nice lady. <laughs> yeah, she got it too. That's great. Thank you for encouraging rewatching. I can't wait to hear what you think of the finale. Totally tubular, Elizabeth in California. I love Elizabeth in California's um, emails and contributions. She's always got something great to say. Um, and thank you for yeah, the kind tu- words. Stay tubular in California. Hell yeah. That was really nice. Thank you for coming around to the to the rewatch and coming around to watching slower next time. Rule number one, no bright lights. Bright lights. That's a damn good gizmo, Sean. I, I do what I can. Uh, so our last email says, Aloha from Hawaii. Well, I just think, Remo, we found out where we should record episode 100. I think you're right. I can't think of any <laughs> other way that would be more awesome than to celebrate our 100 than in freaking Hawaii. Uh, so I'm just catching up on your podcast and wanted to make a short comment about chapter five. Rima stated that L didn't know about states or Illinois, but remember L been to Chicago. I think a lot of fans have blocked that out because it was such a horrible episode. L may not be able to say the word Illinois properly, but she knows where it is and how to get there. Absolutely wonderful podcast. I look forward to it each week, Addie. Well, thanks, Addie. Yeah, I wonder if she... I know she went to Chicago, but I don't know if maybe... I don't know. It was just, it was kind of weird how it was that, that part played out. Yeah. I know the, those weren't real popular episodes last season. Um, and you know, they weren't probably the best. Um, I tried to kind of just like go with the flow and be like, okay, so this happened. Can we move on? Um, but yeah, I wanted to make sure to include that. Cause yeah, that was a good point. I guess I did totally forget that, that she went to Chicago. Um, but 
I still really got a big kick out of how she was saying it. And if you had the if you had the closed captioning on and it says Illinois, um, <laughs> I, I, it made me giggle. But thank you so much for pointing that out. That was, um, you know, something I didn't think about and something that, yeah, I had totally forgotten. So thanks for that. Uh, we've got a couple of voicemails. Man, I love the voicemails. You guys are so great. We have our first one tonight from our good friend, Steve Brown. <laughs> we all die, my strange little child friend. <laughs> it's just a matter of how and when. Hey, Rune and Sean, it's Steve. These uh, are some notes for uh, Chapter 7, The Bite. Uh, that's so cute. F and Ted and his family. Uh, we, we have such a different look aside of, of uh, Ted this season. I, I loved it. Loved it. Uh, I love the team arming up uh, and Nancy, she handled that shotgun like a boss. Uh, Steve, uh, <laughs> Steve grabbed food out of the trash can. You and uh, Robin <laughs> trash and can. There we go. Discussing the back to the future plot was, uh, was just hilarious. And uh, Lucas, Lucas liking new Coke. Come on. I, you know, I can stretch credibility a little bit, but <laughs> I didn't know anybody who liked New Coke. Um, I'm really glad that uh, after what Steve admitted to Robin and what Robin then turned around and admitted to Steve, they were still able to laugh together. They were still still able to be friends, and uh, it looks like this it's not going to cause any uh, undue tension. So I'm really glad of that. Uh, can't wait. For the next episode, uh, once Hopper and Joyce join them, we're going to have our whole entire group together. But uh, what are they going to do about Elle's leg? Oh, my goodness. I'm uh, chomping at the bit. I really want to go on to the next episode, and, and I may since I'm about to send my voicemail in. Uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Ah, Thanks for this, the voicemail, Steve. As Great always. As always. Always fantastic. Just can't discount these guys at all. There's always great feedback to be had, and they never disappoint. I love it. We have another voicemail this week, this time from our good friend Anwen from New Zealand. Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Anwen here. Just got finished watching episode seven. This show is so good. I don't want it to be over, but what an amazing episode. A um, few little points that I really loved. Nancy was amazing with the shotgun and with her little drift she did to park the car um, outside the convenience store. <laughs> it was so cool. She was awesome. Um, Max dressing the wound, um, saying that she knows all about how to dress wounds from the skateboards. I thought that was really sad. Oh, yeah. It's not from skateboards. It's from having an abusive childhood. I thought that was oh. really sad and just a really subtle little moment. The funny scene in the car where... Um, Murray's talking to Joyce and Hopper about how they should get together. It was just hilarious in the way he and Smirnoff bonded. And Smirnoff, oh my God, he was so sad. Now, is it just me or if you took away the glasses and you gave him red hair and a guitar, does he look a little bit like Ed Sheeran? I reckon he does. Anyway, poor Smirnoff. It was so sad at the end. I really liked him a lot. Robin and Steve in the bathroom stalls. That was so moving. Um, I really, it did take me by surprise when she talked about liking Tammy and I really loved how Steve kind of didn't get it he's like what but Tammy's a girl like it didn't even click for him and I kind of thought that was a little 
indication of hopefully how far we've come that people maybe would get that a little bit earlier back then it wasn't such a um an openly talked about thing and I just think it's really cool they're obviously still such great friends it was so satisfying when the kids got together at the end and you know that Joyce and Hopper are on the way once again just the most amazing balance of horror and humor in this episode and one more to go can't wait I will talk to you guys next week I am sure bye Oh, oh, thanks, Anwen. Thanks, Anwen. Yeah, I, I could see uh, Alexi being a little bit of a Russian Ed mm, Sheeran. I see it. I could totally see that. That's a really great reference. Um, she had some really great points in there, too. <laughs> so many things that I miss. And God, where would I be without you guys? Seriously, I, I hope that I, I tell you guys enough how much I appreciate you. Um, because I do, uh, all these things that you guys catch that, you know, we think we're paying attention, Sean, we think we're doing good. You know, we're watching it multiple times. We're taking notes and, and we still miss, miss things. And thank goodness for our listeners. I love you guys so much. I really do. I know I say that and maybe I say it too much and it doesn't sound genuine, but it's for real. I love you guys. You, you guys are so great about taking the time with your feedback and sharing it with us and, you know, watching week to week with us um, is amazing. You're you're going through that suffering with us, but we're here. We're we're at the finale. It's going to happen, and that on top of our 100th episode. And we're really excited to share oh, that with yeah. you guys. I'm so excited. I'm getting some champagne, Sean. I'm doing it. Might be half lit. Yeah, I I love that. Like that's why I like doing these shows with you because you and I bounce stuff off each other, and then when the Strange and Dieters jump on and tell us what they've seen that we missed. It's just so awesome. I just, I, know. I love this little community we're putting together. I know. I love these guys. Just fills my heart with all kinds of goodness, which I so need right now. <laughs> I really do. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much. It's much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the eighth and final episode in our 100th episode, Rima. And that episode is from Season 3, titled Chapter 8, The Battle of Star Court. So the description of this episode is Terror reigns in the food court when the mind flare comes to collect. But down below in the dark, the future of the world is at stake. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that we're here already. It feels like yesterday we were podcasting on the first episode of the season and what the hell um anyway we're really excited for you to travel to hawkins indiana one more time with us and until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast you can like us on facebook at www.facebook.com slash stranger tcast and instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod you can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the tv time app you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. So this week, Jason and Aaron and myself just finished uh, the series finale of Legion. Um, so that was pretty amazing. I did share that on our SI page um, for anyone that was interested. I can't spread the love on that show enough. It was so fun and getting to podcast with Jason and Aaron from bald move, uh, on that show was great. So we'd love if you guys would want to check that out. We had a really great time with it. Um, 
And of course, because I love talking about great podcasts, you can't ever have enough great podcasts. Make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Romance. It comes out every Sunday. Sean, what do you got for us this week? Well, I am one for mysteries, and Richard is as well. And recently, the U.S. government released some documents about Bigfoot. No shit. we yeah, so we dive through those documents from the 70s, and they're a little bit more funny than you would expect. So, uh, mm. of course, we, we take it completely serious, of course. Well, Bigfoot is real, of course, so I think I'm going to have to check that out because yeah, I want to hear all about it. I didn't hear about that little tidbit. So Yeah, yeah it was pretty interesting. Well, shit. Now I'm going to be Googling later. <laughs> no, no bedtime for me. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 99, Chapter 7, The Bite. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Casey Robertson is strange indeed.